Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name's Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher, yoga student, and a yoga business coach. And I'm here to support you to share your yoga with the people in your community who really need it. So if you're an amazing yoga teacher, but you sometimes struggle with the business part of what it is that you do, you're in the right place. I hope you thoroughly enjoy everything I've got in store for you. And if you have any suggestions, questions, or ideas for future podcasts, reach out to me on Instagram at Amy yoga biz coach hey there hope you're doing great amy here uh another abridged version of a longer form episode from the patreon uh, back catalogue today, a second little look into my six weeks in Thailand. So last week I was talking about, oh, I went to a terrible yoga class and uh, a series of them actually, and sharing some stories about those times and how, and what that means for us in the yoga industry. And this week it's a, another small section from that two-parter that you can access by becoming a supporter on Patreon. That's five bucks a month. Um, this time talking about, <laughs> I hope these aren't too much Debbie Downers, um, talking about how I recognize now at this point in my life that I am Fully complete with ass out of the trousers, cashed up hippie tourism in the developing world. <laughs> Let's just say, I think my parents moved to Indonesia. I was 18. I was 18 when they did that. I'd already spent some time in the Philippines. Uh, nerd alert, I was a, of course, UNESCO delegate to an environmental conference <laughs> Oh, when I was 16 and then, of course, after Indo, my parents moved to Thailand. So I've been to a lot of the islands, <laughs> done a bit of that travel, <laughs> done a bit of that hippie travel, you know, and uh, I'm done. I'm done. I don't need any more papaya boat with granola on a beach in India to make me spiritual. And uh, I go on a little bit of a rant about that. So hopefully you enjoy this. And I just want to be really clear, like... To do that sort of travel, when I say, look, my parents did this, and my parents, obviously I'm just being a bougie asshole. And um, I'm not, if that's where you're at and you want to do it, do it. It's just interesting for me to reflect on how much of that I've done and how I, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm done. I'm done. So I hope you enjoy this episode of me getting my soapbox and letting it rip. Thanks to everybody who is a supporter of the show by chucking in five bucks a month on Patreon. I really appreciate your support and uh, I've got some good episodes coming out for you all over there in addition to book club and bonus coaching. And uh, yeah, thanks for checking in on these little shorties while I'm having a, a break between season 10 and season 11. If you have any requests for season 11, reach out and let me know. I always love hearing from you. And if you do enjoy the show, I would be super grateful if you took a screenshot, shared it on your socials and tagged me so that I can, uh, so that I can um, share it too. That would be fun. Okay. Uh, 
enjoy this one and uh, yeah, take it easy. I hope I hope you're doing okay and uh, maybe, just maybe, this one might bring you a giggle or two. <laughs> Let's see. to go to a beach in a poor country to be spiritual. I am complete with that part of my journey. Now, like I said, I did my yoga teacher training in Thailand and Indonesia. Like I'm not saying it's bad for anyone else. I just, it just doesn't interest me anymore. It just does not interest me anymore. I remember, you know, when the, the when I went to Rishikesh back whenever, you know, going to the organic shishi whatever restaurant and sitting on the floor and ordering a love me Kali smoothie whatever fucking loving it loving every goddamn second sitting across from a woman and she explained to me what the akashic records were all right even then i thought that was bullshit but whatever she was totally into it and telling me all about it and i just felt amazing you know like i loved it and i don't love it anymore now it just feels really empty and um and transplantable you know i could pick up a little collection of people from Goa and I could deposit them in, I don't know, Costa Rica somewhere and no one would know the difference. You know, it's still a little enclave of everybody, largely white people who have got disposable income talking about spiritual things without seeking to sort of integrate in any meaningful way with the people who actually live there. Done with it. Done with it. Also done with the idea that you need to go somewhere to tap into your spiritual whatever. And I'll come back to this point later. Um, now, I think there's a difference between going, um, I'm, I'm working on a, planning a trip, very short trip to India shortly, um, to a part of India that I've never been to. I want to go to that part of India because I want to go there. I like to travel. I want to see all of the beautiful things. I want to buy some goddamn clothes at Anoki because all of my stuff is worn out because it's been a few years. Um, but I'm not going there because I have to go there to get something that I can't get here you know when we were reading the book about uh, Hollywood to Himalaya and she was saying the Swami was talking about how uh, she did like arty at the San Francisco Bay while she was home in California and how it was kind of the same but not kind of the same um, for me not the same for other people for me uh, I don't think I need to do travel anymore that is spiritual destinations for the spiritual hit I think I'm past that stage too would if I went back to um, Varanasi would I have a different potentially spiritual experience now sure would I like to do that yes but do I need to go to those types of places in order to have some type of awakening no I think I can do that at my house or wherever the hell I happen to be. And that feels like a significant shift for me. I don't need to do, I don't need to take myself to a particular place in order to have a certain experience to somehow progress my personal spiritual or my inner journey. That could just happen by sitting with me. And as I said, we'll loop back to that in a minute. So I am done with a sort of uh, cashed up hippie travel. Done. Don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Zero interest. You know, <laughs> well, look, we've all got hammock beds while we have our fucking acai bowls. No, no, I just like I can't. I just can't. I can't do it. 
well, someone who's getting paid nothing an hour is going to smile at us because culturally that's what you do when you're thinking you're a fuckhead and there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> Thais are so friendly. Okay, and also culturally, <laughs> they're probably smiling at you because they're uncomfortable. <laughs> Could you put some clothes on, please? Um, the the well, are there um, there's going to be some little some some little travel stories along the way, folks. So hold on to your hats. Uh, while I was in Phuket. Um, on the Yamu Peninsula, um, I was, like I said, it was my friend's house. My friend Seda, who uh, she, when I met her, she's just opened a yoga studio in Iyengar Yoga Studio in Bangkok. We were on that women's retreat together in two thousand eight. Um, uh, she was, she, she wasn't married to Doug actually, but um, they'd been together for a long time. They had a very clear life plan. They were going to retire early. They were going to just be uh, essentially, I guess, what you'd call yuppies, right? And then, oh, uh, Sarah got pregnant and then they got married and then they had another kid and now they're a family and they live in the UK and they're just fabulous people. And we see each other when we can, which is infrequently. And she mentioned to me that no one, they normally Airbnb their place uh, and no one was in it. So if I, I wanted to stay while there was no one in it, I was welcome to it. And so I did. That's what, That's why I was there for a week. And they've had this place. I don't know if they had it when we first met, but they've had it for a long time. And yes, it's set up to be an Airbnb, but it's also set up very much to be a very pragmatic family holiday home. So it was delightful because it's got everything you need and no fuss and loads of plastic plates and cups and there's kids inflatable things for the pool and all of it. Fabulous. And the place where this villa is, it's not, there are, uh, it is gentrifying. And when I say gentrifying, I mean gentrifying by largely white people, uh, rich white people, um, gentrifying with sort of condo developments. Um, but otherwise, with you take that out, there's one very fancy hotel right out on the cliff. Uh, what's it called? Shashasha, not Shambhala. Uh, Oh, blanking on the name. Anyway, fancy, fancy, fancy. Um, and then some $2,000, $3,000, $6,000 a night kind of homes that you can rent on Airbnb. Um, and then some con- small condo developments like like uh, my friends. But then, you know, actually Thai people who actually live there and the actual Thai people who actually live there in their small little houses. Um, it's a fishing, it's on a bay, fishing village. So there's sort of boats coming in with... Um, fish there's fer- the ferries that take tourists out to pp and other little islands james bond island apparently i guess what daniel craig was there once i don't know i, I didn't know that anyway little islands whatever um and just people doing things you know doing people um in- including i went out for a walk one day just walking down the street and then i see this man run up to me waving m- madly with this huge smiling face and of course um it was a security guard from from my condo. It's funny to have someone recognize you walking in the street in a place you've never been to before. The only other person I know here. Oh, hello. Met his family. So this community, this particular community, is largely Muslim people. And it's pretty bloody obvious because there's signs to mosques everywhere. <laughs> and all the ladies were in hijab, right? Okay, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out what's going on there. And... Um, there's no shops. There's one little within a walking distance, and I'm talking sort of two kilometres uh, from my friend's condo. I didn't have a car, and um, there's one little shop um, 
which is very standard Thai village shop. It's got packets of chips and packets of dry bananas and peanuts and bottled water and cans of soft drink and um, rice noodles and, you know, in, what do you call it? Non-perishable kind of very sort of simple groceries, lots of junky stuff like little packets of Oreos and other things that won't melt but have a long shelf life. Um, there was that little shop. There was a hotel kind of pool bar. Um, which I went to once but just felt too uncomfortable sitting around it in a restaurant with people just wearing their Speedos. I don't know. There's something weird about... <laughs> I don't know. Did you put on some shorts? I don't know. Just don't... Too much. Um, and then there was an actual restaurant restaurant um, that, that was, I guess, catering to the occasional tourists. Never really had many people in it. So if I wanted to eat something for the, ten, the, week, the week that I was there, I would go to that restaurant. And um, there's a sign at the counter that says there's no alcohol for selling for sale because you can't buy drinks there because it's a, you know, Muslim business. And um, there's a sign at the back of the register, the counter thing, where it says, please don't bring your alcohol in English. Please don't bring your alcohol in here. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm in a little village where all the ladies are wearing headscarves and I go to a restaurant and there's no alcohol on the menu and not even beer and all tourists want beer because hot. Um, and there's a sign that says, don't bring your alcohol in. I don't know. I might connect the dots and figure out what's going on. But I was sitting there one day having uh, copious amounts of fabulous vegetables that took them a while for them to understand. They had all this incredible seafood and I would just ask for the dish that had all the prawns in it, but say, no prawns. <laughs> ah, um, my alcohol. Um, uh, anyway, uh, and um, so these, these family of tourists come in and they just make such a big kerfuffle about the fact that there's no beer. And so, the, you know, then the man says, oh, well, I'll go and get some beer. And the waitress, uh, who was not wearing a headscarf, but, you know, every freaking body else is. Um, she says, well, actually, you know, in a very polite way, you can't bring alcohol, you can't bring beer in here. And he just went bananas. Uh, and, and this is the sort of thing that I'm talking about. I remember being at the Bali Spirit Festival years ago, years and years ago, maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago. Um, and my parents lived in Indonesia... Admittedly not Bali, they lived in Java, but we went to Bali a lot because it was just over the road. <laughs> um, for a while, uh, my sister went to school in Indonesia. I don't know, you know, you're just like... I remember, anyway, I remember being at the Bali Spirit Festival and okay, you're on the grounds of the festival, you do you, get your white lady spiritual paraphernalia situation sorted out, whatever. But then once you get outside the festival grounds, you're in in the Indonesian neighborhood and I just remember watching this woman in a bikini like straddle a moped straddle a scooter and drive off to wherever the hell she was staying uh, you know just so what was that 10 years ago and I just remember thinking well you, you know you, you've just got like no idea you that might be okay where you're from but chances are probably not like if you were just in I don't know suburban Melbourne you're not going to get on your motor scooter in your bikini and think that that's all right. And certainly not when you're in a conservative neighborhood where people are letting you come. They're letting you. They live there. And for a period of time, they're like, okay, let's let these white people in to do their thing. It's good for our economy. 
and then we'll just get back to normal once they're gone. It's going to be okay. People who don't have jobs might get some. There'll be a little bit of cash around. We'll put up with it for a while. That's what's going on. <laughs> so that, this bloody family about the beers, done. I'm so done. I'm done with that particular part of, of my own travel. And it's going to be difficult, right? Because a lot of the places that I want to go to, that's what I'm doing. I'm stepping very heavily someone else's patch. How do we do that? Well, I'm not sure. I really, I'm not sure. But, um, but, but that's, that was a big one for me. I just can't stomach anymore. The white privilege in the tourism industry, um, people taking parts of it, but not respecting other parts. Just, yep. It's weird. It's not nice. So there you have it, folks, another edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Hey, favor to ask. If you found the content useful, I would be very grateful if you could support this podcast by giving me a five-star rating. And if you've got a moment, a review would be super cool. No pressure, of course. Like I said earlier, if you have any suggestions for podcast topics in the future, I would love to be in service. DM me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Take deep care.